in just a few minutes, and I mean just a couple of minutes, we're going to tell you about one of the great sports scandals in the history of professional sports that is just broken today. Yeah, this one's huge. Huge! And I was such a huge Houston Astros fan this year, and particularly a couple of years ago when they won the World Series. Just loved that. Young just, upstarts from a market doesn't get enough attention. Just uh, tell me that that cute little Jose Altuve isn't involved. Yeah, and be, he's you know, involved. Beating some of the you know your Dodgers, your Yankees, beating Boom. all of the big. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, Houston. Man, they had a little help. <laughs> oh man! So stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, though, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. He conferred upon the unknown soldier the Medal of Honor and the Distinguished Service Cross. Uh, did he have a culpable state of mind? Riotous, because they have resorted to violence, I can assure you that more violence will follow. And figuring out when politicians are full of shit is the responsibility of the voters and no one else. The turkeys are taking over. It's like an infestation. Also a shipwreck filled with liquor, your Aunt Carol on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will certainly tell you I'm under enormous pressure from many, many, many people to think about it. Sesame Street celebrated its 50th birthday today. It was a very fun episode. I might not have shown Grover's prostate exam, but... The truth is, whether it's anonymous, Nikki Haley, or John Bolton, beneath it all, these books are all trying to do the same thing. Profits off the chaos. But I think Nancy Pelosi is a master of political warfare. That this is a carefully orchestrated media smear campaign. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence. Quote said, the quote to us was, we need a blockbuster. They're saying we want a blockbuster opening hearing. Did they get it? They saw Bill Taylor was their best witness. And no, they didn't. What size shirts do you need, Adam? I wear a size nine. Oh, boy. So, um, we're going to play a little bit from our podcast we did yesterday with Mark Halperin about the how to beat Trump and the Democratic race, and he said some really interesting stuff, including uh, covering what he says is the most underreported story in America about the Democratic candidates. So stay tuned for that. So to the sports scandal... I'm going to start with how seriously it's being taken and then tell you what happened. And we have some sound I think we dug up so we can prove right what's going oh, yeah. on here. Detective work. Major League Baseball general managers are meeting in Scottsdale, Arizona right now. Uh, and they were uh, trickling through the resort courtyard to catch rides to the airport, talking, laughing with one another, giving uh, Thanksgiving wishes, promising to catch up. One GM stood off to the side, not talking to a soul. Jeff Lunau, the general manager of the Houston Astros, was the man everyone was talking about at these annual general manager meetings, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, There are 30 different agendas at these meetings, but this time virtually all were united on one front. They want to see the Astros go down and go down hard. They want the Astros to pay a fortune in penalties, be fined a record amount of money, forfeit draft picks, international signing bonuses. And two general managers managers even told USA Today Sports they wish Major League Baseball would force the Astros to vacate the 2017 World Series title. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Here's the deal. means it never happened. Sure was a good time. 
<laughs> they were hot, they were hot that year, man. They were on fire. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, there's a good reason for that. Turns out they were using... It's a home crowd is what it is. They have the best home crowd in all of baseball. Best home record in like 50 years. And the giant choo-choo train out in the outfield. That's what you don't understand. Astros pride. It's their 10th man. They care more. Their fans care more. They were using high-tech cameras to steal the catcher's signs, then immediately pipe them to the dugout where a designated player and or coach would then bang out a code on the on like the bat rack or something. Bang bang means off speed pitch, which trust me, if anybody has ever played baseball at a reasonably high level, if you just know it's going to be a fastball or it's not going to be a fastball, you have an enormous advantage. It wasn't even a code like two meant this and three meant that. It was just if you hear a sound right. coming from the dugout. Right. So, yeah. And then just so you know, uh, oh, do we have that tape? Yeah. Just, yeah. And then we'll move on. Uh, I found the footage. Let's watch it. Here we go. Next pitch. There's the changeup. Bang, bang, takes it. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Just this, this part right Thump. here. Yeah. yeah. So... And if it were too noisy to hear the codes, they had a system whereby, I guess it was the bullpen catcher, uh, would be leaning on the fence if his arms were up, fastball, down, off-speed pitch, or, or what have you. Do you have any demonstrable uh, stats to oh, show that it was I'm, an advantage? I'm getting there. Or I'm is this there. just yeah, astro-haters? <laughs> you just hate my team. Just jealousy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You guys suck is the problem. <laughs> You're jealous. Uh what was I going to say? Oh, baseball players always try to steal, steal signs, but you're not allowed to employ uh, technology to do this. So was it successful? Well, you got the Dodgers, and the day I sympathize with the Dodgers, you know, is a dark day. You um, Darvish, one of their pitchers, got knocked around in the 2017 World Series. I remember. And after that, the Dodgers knew something was amiss because they heard the Astros boasting, oh, yeah, Darvish was tipping his pitches, meaning he was doing something physically so you could see what pitch he was about to throw. I think I remember that being a story. Right. And people were trying to speculate, was he, you know, getting a habit of, uh, you know, adjusting his hat when he was going to throw a fastball or something like that. Well, yeah, as a guy who used to tip pitches, I'll tell you this. It takes you slightly longer to grip a breaking pitch than your bread-and-butter pitch, which is why you always fiddle around for an extended time, even though you've already got the ball the way you want it, or you hold your glove at a different angle because your wrist is going to be at a different angle. And people study this. They try to figure it out. But so the Dodgers went back, and they studied the video, and they studied it, and they studied it, and they studied it, and you, Darvish, was not, they could not find a single time where he tipped his pitches. So they're thinking, this is very, very odd. Okay? So. I still need proof. I don't believe it. You're just all jealous because your team suck. Jose Altuve, tremendous baseball player. Couldn't love him more. Stands five foot one in his stocking feet. The joy of a child out there. And the size of one. At home. Wearing the shoes of one. At home. <laughs> He hit 472. Whoa. Whoa. This, I'm sorry. This is in the uh, postseason, okay. in the playoffs. At home, 472. Away, 143. Well, you know, the home crowd, you home cooking, your wife's there. 335 points higher. Uh, Korea. Korea, another one of their great hitters. 371 at home, 211 on the road. Once again, you got your wife's cooking. Didn't How good to... a cook is this broad? <laughs> Sleep in your own bed. <laughs> Bregman, 
273 at home, 154 uh, away. McCann, 300 at home, accidentally ran into one ball on the road. He batted 037 on the road. Meanwhile, he's hitting a Hall of Fame-esque 300 at home. Uh, There were, oh, and uh, Gaddis was 100 points higher at home than away. Thump, thump, indeed. So, anyway. So, how big a trouble would they be uh, that seems pretty open and shut that this was happening? So, um, Well, it, 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 that's the thing. I don't know what the laws are, how regimented they are exactly, but the fellow general managers in baseball are calling for horrendous historic penalties. Well, remember how big a deal Inflategate was? And no, and, and was people, dumb. Well, and, and people couldn't even come to an agreement that that would be a benefit. Right. To, to, to change the, you know, how, how inflated the ball is. Some people say, yeah, that would help. Some people say, but this is clearly, without a doubt, would help you. Yeah. Nobody's going to argue, well, that wouldn't really help to know what the pitch was ahead of time. Nobody's going to say that. Right, right. The league has launched an investigation, plans to speak to former and current players. Um, about New York Mets manager Carlos Beltran, who played for the Astros in 2017, insists the Astros did nothing against the rules. Uh, I tell you what, if I'm an Astros player, I'm getting an attorney. How did they, unless they signed everybody to lifetime contracts from that team, how on earth did right. they think this wasn't going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, next season you're playing for a different team. And you hey, we got we to gotta yeah. switch up our signs because they steal them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, the, you, the individual players, you think, think they did get lawyers? You'd be in trouble on your own? I might be tempted if I signed you for $100 million to sue you for fraud. Oh, for the the new teams who signed right. the contract. Or, or, yeah, yeah, the Astros oh, presumably I see what you mean. Yeah, wait a minute. I became, He's a clutch player in the World Series. You're a 375 career postseason hitter? Uh, we're breaking the bank for you. Well, that's an interesting angle. Yeah, I know, I know. I, and I'd hate to see sports go that way, but there, there are unimaginable... Well, it is imaginable. I just told you the amount of money. Um, <laughs> there are astounding <laughs> amounts of money involved. Right. You know, I just, oh my God, speaking of which, I don't have time. Oh, it's a great story, but no time. Um, We have a different great story coming up. We had a conversation with Mark Halpern, co-author of Game Change. What was his MSNBC show? Uh, Oh, that's right. They had their own show on MSNBC. That That was Was a good show. It doesn't matter, but he's one of the great political commentators of our time. Yeah, and we're going to talk to him about the current race. And he says the most interesting stuff I've heard yet on the 2020 presidential race. Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. So the impeachment hearing thingy is back on. They took about an hour and a half break. Uh, There are some um, uh, highlights from today we'll have to tell you about in Marshall's news coming up. Trump tweeted at the the witness, and some people think that's tampering with the witness, and blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that later. Yesterday we recorded an Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast with Mark Halperin, journalist, author, co-author of The Fabulous Game Change, one of the great books about politics ever. Um, among other credits, uh, we want to play you a couple of clips from that. You can get the entire podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. Um, I think <laughs> we can probably just jump in, honestly. Oh, you know, that first clip, I want to set it up this time. He had just said that a number of the announced policies of Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders, 
uh, to a lesser extent Joe Biden, um, are disqualifying for the American electorate. Opening the border, decriminalizing the border, disqualifies you. You will never get elected with that. Free health care for illegals, disqualifying. They all raise their hand on that one. Right, I know, which is just astounding. And the idea of eliminating all private insurance and making the government take it over, he said America will never vote for that. Utterly disqualifying. Oh, and w- worth pointing out again, for the book How to Beat Trump, he interviewed, I think, 50. Oh, yeah, indeed. 50 top political strategists, Republicans and Democrats, who have run campaigns, this is both sides of the aisle. This is just all the smartest people in politics, using my finger quotes. They are. doesn't mean they're right. These are probably the same people that said Trump couldn't win. Mm-hmm. But they're the best that are out there, yeah. analyzing, not advocating. So uh, clip number one, he went on to say. The biggest worry of all that the Democrats have, along with not starting soon enough to think about the general election, which is disqualifying the Democrats. Disqualifying. That's a heck of a term, not just a bump in the road. (laughs) Disqualifying. George Bush disqualified John Kerry for a lot of Americans. They made him a flip-flopper, unacceptable. Barack Obama disqualified uh, uh, Mitt Romney by saying he only cared about the rich people in this country, Bain Capital, etc. Bill Clinton disqualified Bob Dole. You go back and look at those three guys, all reelected. The year before the election, and look at what the press said about their chances for re-election. Much grimmer than what people say about Trump, despite Trump's low approval rating. Uh, one, year, uh, one year before the general election, uh, 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 when Obama was running for election, the New York Times Magazine ran a cover story titled, Is Obama Toast? And their scientific formula said that Obama's chances for being re-elected were 17%. A year later, he was overwhelmingly reelected because he disqualified Mitt Romney. Not for everybody, but for enough people that he was able to get reelected. And that is the theory of the case of the Trump campaign. And that is why the Democrats I talked to for how to beat Trump say, you can only beat Trump if you are strong enough to survive hundreds of millions of dollars of negative ads, Trump's Twitter feed, Trump's press conferences, in which he will try to do to the Democrat who is nominated what he did to Jeb Bush, what he did to... John Kasich, what he did to Chris Christie, what he did to Hillary Clinton, which is destroy them politically. Make, make fun them of them un- physically? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes, physically, mentally. I mean, Trump is the master. You know, the single greatest skill you can have the presidential candidate is the ability to define your opponent on your terms. And that is Donald Trump's single greatest skill. And Joe tried to get a prediction out of Mark Halpern. If you... We're offered a $1,000 bet on any of the Democratic candidates at this point. Would you throw that $1,000 down, or is it just way too unclear at this point? And you don't more, don't name any names if you don't want. Yeah, it, it's, it's more unclear than it's been for either party in my career. Uh, I, think, I think if I had to pick someone today, it'd be Elizabeth Warren, but I don't think she's been tested yet. And I think over the next couple months, she will be tested. And I'm, I'm based on how she's performed when she's been pressured, like with her problems with her talking about her Native American heritage. I'm not sure she'll pass that. God, she's got no chance of winning in a general election. I just I can't imagine well, anybody winning who's for health care free health care for illegals. I just can't imagine that winning. That that is that is the view of Donald Trump and is the view of Nancy Pelosi. And when those two agree, generally I would think it's probably true. So you're you're right and 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 you've got a, a you know a lot of the leading candidates have that position. So I don't think it's clear who the nominee will be. If I had to pick today, I'd say Elizabeth Warren, but uh, but I I don't feel strongly about it. I think I think uh, I think Sanders and Buttigieg could be the nominee. I've been very down on Biden's candidacy from the beginning, 
and nothing I've seen has, has caused me to alter that. He still does well in the national polls, but I think I think he's more likely to finish third or fourth or even fifth in Iowa than he is first or second, and wow. I think that'll do a lot of damage to his candidacy. Wow. Oof. Biden f- finishing fifth in Iowa. Oof. That is something. And, uh, and Mark Halperin's uh, breakdown of how... Top Democrats feel about the field. We'll play that for you in about 15, 20 minutes. It's it's really something. Yeah. He calls it the most underreported story in politics, which it definitely is. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the House uh, impeachment inquiry got more twists, more testimony, and tweets thrown into the mix. Hong Kong protesters getting bolder, and the NFL is uh, cracking down after last On night's cracking. wild fight. Yeah, coming up. You know, getting back to sports briefly, I've been mulling over this uh, Houston Astros cheating scandal deal and reaching out to people I know who are in the know. And it's just, it's a funny thing, because you try to steal signs as much as you can. But if you employ any technology to do that, that's strict verboten. I mean... There's a reason they don't shout out, hey, throw the curveball, because you don't want the guy to know. So they use little finger signals. It's just another way of humans communicating with each other. So you're allowed to look at his fingers, but you're not allowed to use binoculars. No way. Uh huh. Um, so all this stuff on the way that we mentioned on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We are following the impeachment proceedings today, and we've got some highlights for you right now. Watching it on television right now, the uh, the Republican counsel is talking. The hired lawyer for the Republicans, who's not near as good as the hired lawyer for the Democrats. So I think they should swap him out. There's also a guy sitting behind the hired lawyer for the Republicans, who has the largest head I've ever seen. <laughs> and I only bring that up because Donald Trump, the president, was criticizing the chairman neck size. So if we could compare those two, I think that'd be fantastic for all of America. Try to nail down the neck size of that gentleman with Adam Schiff's neck size. You know, it's possible Trump will tweet out about that. (laughs) Um, Let's get the news now with Marshall Uh, Speaking of tweets, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee is now accusing President Trump of witness intimidation in real time. Adam Schiff referring to President Trump's tweets. We take this kind of witness intimidation and obstruction inquiry very seriously. Again, he's talking about Trump's tweet that was sent out during today's hearing with the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Yovanovitch, which Schiff went ahead and read. Ambassador Yovanovitch, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter, Um, and I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Everywhere Maria Yovanovitch went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Uh, He goes on to say, uh, later in the tweet, is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. Asked to respond to the tweet. But would you like to respond to the president's attack that everywhere you went turned bad? Well, I... I mean, I don't... I don't think I have such powers, uh, not in Mogadishu, Somalia, and not in other places. I actually think that um, where I've served over the years, um, I and others have demonstrably um, okay, made Okay, that's enough from her. Um, the the interesting thing is that tweet, uh, the, the president was tweeting at or about a witness while she was being talked to. Right. This is what Brett Baer had to say about it on uh, the Fox News channel. This whole hearing turned on a dime when the president tweeted about her real time. 
And during the questioning, Adam Schiff stopped the Democratic questioning to read the president's tweet to her and get her response. Now, that enabled Schiff to then characterize that tweet as intimidating the witness or tampering with the witness, which is a crime, adding essentially an article of impeachment real time as this hearing is going on. That changed this entire dynamic of this first part of this hearing, uh, and Republicans now are going to have to take the rest of this hearing uh, to probably try to clean that up. So Democrats will be hammering on that all day long, I would imagine, and Republicans will be trying to parry that. We got a lawyer who weighed in and said, intimidating a witness is a specific intent crime. The feelings of the victim isn't enough. You have to be able to nail down the specific intent of the perpetrator, which would be difficult in this case. Yeah, although, again, we're not talking about United States criminal true. code. That's true. It's just public opinion. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. On another front, a jury finding Roger Stone now guilty on all counts. President Trump's advisor was on trial for lying to Congress, obstruction of justice, and witness intimidation. The jury found him guilty on all seven counts in his efforts to discover more about what information WikiLeaks had on Democratic emails. So guilty on all seven counts. Is he looking at any time for this? How many years? All of those are How like... How long? Well, 50 all, years. All huh. of those have a maximum of... So those yeah, individual right. lies oh, to yeah. somebody have a maximum of five. I don't know if you get six months. I have no idea. Yeah. Protesters hold up in a Hong Kong university have partially cleared a road that they were blocking and are now demanding the government commit to holding local elections on November 24th. The protesters say the government's got 24 hours to meet that demand. So they are still holed up in the university at this point. Well, taking a look at the world of sports, Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett, has been suspended for at least the rest of the regular season and postseason by the NFL for swinging a helmet and striking Pittsburgh quarterback Mason Rudolph in the head. So we now have... Wait, that's the wrong one. Where'd it go? Idiot! I, I, I wish I had a helmet to oh, smack you in the I head with. I failed you, Mark. I'm going to take oh, off okay. your helmet and hit you in the head with it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Oh. Beyond words, oh, Joe. Gosh, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen on a professional sports field. So how did he get the helmet off the dude? Did he just grab it by the face mask and lift it off his head? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And then hit him with it. So yeah. the, the full the full play was the, the defensive lineman uh, tackled... In, in the fair play, it wasn't like a late hit or anything, but he right. tackled him, and the quarterback took issue with how he was tackled, right. and there was a bit of a, a little scrum on the ground. And then as the defensive lineman was getting up, he clearly, I, I don't know if other things were said, but he takes the quarterback's helmets off. Right. Other players tried to get in between. He then starts swinging the helmet, and he hits the, uh, the quarterback. Why the quarterback was still advancing helmetless, I do not know. Well, and then Boy, that's a, the another only... one of the Browns uh, blindsided the helmetless quarterback and right. smashed him to the ground. Right. I'm surprised. To yeah, the, the ground. I'm surprised that's the only thing that's getting attention. I guess because you don't usually see people without helmets getting hit. There's a guy on the ground. Do you see that guy run up and kick the other oh, guy? Yeah. Uh, there's a kicking going on <laughs> yeah. as well. Kicking a guy in the head. Kicking a guy in the head seems like a problem too. That's right. A, that's the ugliest NFL fight I've ever seen. Oh, all right. 
There's only eight there seconds go. left in the game, too. And yeah. there's 21 yeah. to 7. Wow. Yeah, head smashings and kickings and beatings. So, and... Oh yeah, multiple suspensions of varying lengths with the uh, the helmet swinger being suspended indefinitely with the minimum being yep. the remainder of the season. And I know enough about oh, yanking the guy around by his head. The helmet only, oh, yeah. only came off because... He was yanking him by his head at an angle such that the helmet would come off. I would be more worried about getting my neck broken. Look at that. Kicking the guy in the head on the ground. Um... I Brutality! Somebody grabs oh, you by the... Man. The reason it's such a big penalty for face masking it'd be really easy to break your neck. Oh, yeah. Especially a, a, a lineman against the quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah, and this um, guy's got a history of late hits and fines and suspensions. But and anyway, stuff. I know enough about Steelers fans and Browns fans from when we lived on the other side of the country to know there's going to be some serious fights in the parking lot. Oh. <laughs> Next game, if you want to go to that game, be the kind of guy who likes to fight in the parking lot after drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> So who's the, who's the uh, head yanking uh, brute? Uh, uh, what was, was the it? Name? Well, it doesn't matter. As he was being escorted to the locker room, he was receiving high fives from fans. And Miles Does, Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett. Is yeah. that not everything you need to know about football? Do you yeah. want to hear the opinions of a former uh, NFLer on the situation? OJ yeah, Simpson. OJ Simpson. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Now he knows some, something about heads. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly. Well, last night I was at a restaurant with a bunch of friends uh, watching the debacle. Good game until then, anyway. What bothered me a little bit, I got to say, was hearing all the announcers become prosecutors and talk about criminal activity and prosecuting and all of that and claiming they never saw this before. Come on. I'm just saying. (laughs) Take care. That's good stuff. The juice. The chuckling juice about prosecuting and crimes. Uh, (laughs) They don't know what crimes are. Cutting a guy's head off. That's a crime. If you want the guy's head off, I can tell you how to do that. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Twitter. Oh, my God. Wow, come for the horrific inappropriateness of it. Stay for the, what was your point? (laughs) It was not even good punditry. Oh, man. Are we all right? What's next? Are we done? That's your news. That's the end. Yeah. I'm Marshall Phillips on Armstrong Getty Show, the conscience of the nation, and the bird flies off. I'm telling you, that'll be, if you're the kind (laughs) of guy, I don't like this sort of thing, but I know guys who like this sort of thing. If you like the get drunk and fight in the parking lot with the people from the other team, the next Brown Steelers game will be one of the all-time champs. Oh, my god! It's going to be cold and snowy, and they're throwing beers and throwing dogs. Oh. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, I'll keep Joe Biden away from it. Just keep, He'll be there with blades and chains and God knows what else. So we wanted to get one more clip in from our podcast with uh, Mark Halperin uh, with the biggest news I've heard yet about the 2020 race. I think this is astounding stuff next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Mark Halpern, um, maybe you know him, he wrote the book Game Change. It was a movie, and then they had a TV show on Showtime and everything. He wrote this book, How to Beat Trump, talked to 50 political strategists, the top political strategists, both parties, 
in the country. They all agree that Trump's going to be the most likely thing is Trump wins. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be easy to beat. The media is completely wrong about that. Right. In in fact, much more likely to win re-election than several of the past guys who did, which is contrary to a, a lot of what you hear. But we got into the conversation of um, the current field and who, we, who who can win and who can't win and that sort of thing. And it went like this. There are a lot of crap political books that get written when the, the season is hot and they know they can sell them. This isn't one of them. This is really, really a good book. And I've always really liked your punditry. But we can't let you go without asking you about Hillary. What's the chance she gets in? Her answer the other day sounded so Clinton-esque to me. Where she, had, she oh said, lots of people have been asking me, <laughs> and I'm not going to rule it out now. Not ruling it out now sounds like a yes to me. She said, and I quote, many, many, many people are pressuring her. Triple many. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I was struck by that same thing, too. A lot of times people say, oh, a lot of people are asking me to run for, you know, senator or governor or president. And they just, you know, basically their 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 bookkeeper and their daughter is asking them to run. Right. She's being she's being asked by a lot of people. It's the most undercovered story in, in in politics today. The panic that exists in the Democratic Party over the concern that Sanders or Warren or Buttigieg will be the nominee, and and it'll happen in the blink of an eye. One of them will win both Iowa and New Hampshire, say, and basically lock things up, and the party will be in a panic because they don't think that those people can win. Schumer doesn't think they can win. Pelosi doesn't think they can win. So many of the other donors, so many of the other elected officials. So that's why you see Deval Patrick getting in the race. That's why you see Michael Bloomberg, you know, thinking about getting in the race. And that's why people are saying to Hillary Clinton, look, you can raise the money. You know how to do this. You got more votes than the popular vote last time. You could you could correct the mistakes you made. In Does she believe her own lies? Does she believe any of her own lies about it was stolen by Russia or it's about misogyny? Does she recognize uh, she's a bad candidate and people don't like her? <laughs> she, 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 I think she believes all those things. She knows she's not a great candidate, but I believe, and I think she has some cause to think so, that she was hurt by, by what Putin did. Without a doubt, but but uh, you know I I, th- I think I've said this before. I think that history is going to show that the, the what what helped Donald Trump more than anything else was the decision, the misguided and in some ways selfish decisions that Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden made to decide to run for president. Neither of them should have run. They both they both were were such obviously manifestly bad presidential candidates. Hillary Clinton allowed Trump to win, and Biden. Even if he's not the Democratic nominee, he kept other establishment candidates from getting in the race, allowing Warren and Sanders and Buttigieg to, to, to rise up. And now it may be too late for any other establishment candidate to, to get into the game. And the party may be left because because of Joe Biden's decision with somebody who can't win a general election because of the, those positions we talked about. Joe, you don't have to do this. Barack Obama. Do, right. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do this. And, and, and he was talked out of it before. And. Just look at his record. I mean, he ran in in, in, in 2008, and he got 1% in Iowa. And he, he campaigned. 1%? He was well, he <laughs> now, was that's well a stat. Known, you know? And, and so, yeah, you know, I, don't, I, think, I think Barack Obama and Bill Clinton agree with what I said Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer think. These guys can't win. Every every single election cycle, a lot of us think the same thing. These are the best two human beings America can cough up. Um, and it's not. We're sure just, back there again. It's not. 
in reality, well, it is in reality. It, it shouldn't be, but it is because of the way fundraising works, and you have to have lanes. There's only so many lanes for different people. you got the liberal lane, you got the right. establishment lane, you got that sort of stuff. Well, in the uh, smoke-filled rooms giving way to populist, uh, you know, the hardest core voting in the primaries, yielding up. You know, not generally uh, acceptable candidates to the middle ground type, the independent voters, I should say. And we so, understand yeah, it ends in chaos. And we understand that Mark Halpern's agreed to uh, be a regular pundit for us, come on regularly on the show. Yeah, we will chat with him and, and, and discuss. Cool. Yeah. I always like his analysis, and man, we're going to get up and running fast here when the when the, we got a debate next week, and then the, the, the caucuses and primaries all start and conventions. Yeah, it'll be fun to be able to talk to him on a regular basis. The thing I like about Halpern that, you know, honestly, I try to do, we try to do, is that um, I, I really don't have any interest in what the mainstream opinion is. It's been wrong as often as it's been right in my, his, in my you know, history of observing this stuff. And Halpern, uh, he doesn't give a damn either, man. They were mocking him last time for saying, no, no, Trump has a chance to win. He has a good chance to win. Oh, come on! The New York Times says it's 92% likely. What's the matter with you? And he'd say, no, trust me, I've been to the rallies. Uh, that's all part of the uh, XL podcast uh, with Mark Halpern that's available at armstrongandgetty.com. What's one of the most popular kids' movies of the last decade or so? Frozen. Yeah. Frozen 2, not getting good reviews. Sorry to hear that. Or such from movie critics. Frozen 2, The Thawing. Uh, <laughs> just because a movie critic does not like it as cinema doesn't mean that your eight-year-old girl won't like it. I'm only looking at this one. Have you seen any other reviews? I mean, it's not like you're looking at Frozen, Frozen 2. No, yeah. but yeah. I, again, you, you made the point. Unless those reviewers are eight-year-old girls, I don't know how much opinion they're... We've been they saying that forever. Yeah. When, when, when serious film critics review things that clearly aren't designed for their type... They didn't go to film. They didn't go to the UCLA film school and study film. Mm-hmm. The you know to, to to review some of these stupid movies. No right. disrespect, Roger Ebert, but maybe you're not the opinion that a ten year old is seeking out on Who Frames Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's one of the great things the internet has brought us. Uh, one of the very few great things it's brought us is that you no longer have your hometown papers movie critic. Period. That's and that's all you knew. The opinion, right? You got some art film loving middle aged woman who tells you, you know, uh, the longest yard is a piece of garbage. No, it's not. If you like that sort of thing, you're going to like this sort of thing. And now you get your rotten tomatoes, etc. Good stuff. Final thought. Yeah. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. There he is, our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips. Marshall. Well, i got to tell you, I am going to a department store this weekend to buy some slippers. Now, how cutting edge is that? <laughs> the part, actually going to the store yes. to buy some slippers. Yes. Fantastic. Nice pair of slippers is a joy, though, Marshall. It, it truly is. is. Uh, Positive Sean, producer, final thought. Yes, I'm down to about 48 hours left of being uh, semi-domesticated with a wild beast in my house as uh, I am continuing to cat-sit for a friend. Cat the cat's only good. thrown up once, so I consider That's that a plenty. victory. Yeah. How, are you, how are you liking pet ownership so far? Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Other than the, the cat outhouse that I have in my, my living domicile Gross. now, there's yeah. not much difference. Yeah. Oh, wait, the, no, the cat throw up, that was, that was kind of annoying. Yeah. At least the dog has the decency yeah. to crap outside. Yeah. My, uh, Michelangelo, pressing the buttons. Final thought? Uh, yeah, just a warning that two plates of wedding cake samples along with enchiladas and rice and beans for dinner is a poor combination. So if anybody's looking to do that, don't do it. <laughs> How many 
net pieces of cake do you figure you ate last night? Probably three or four. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty big. Cake. Yeah. Plenty of cake if you're over eight. Uh, Jack, <laughs> do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Tomorrow, signing up for the Disney Channel with the kids. They're very excited. This weekend's going to be about going through the options on the old Disney Channel. Could be fun. Oh, boy. Uh, my final thought is I'm now exactly a week away from surgery number two on my, uh, my groovy aftermarket hip customizations. Um, looking forward to having it over with, but uh, then I admit it's kind of on my mind. Then calf implants. Oh yeah, calf implants and uh, pec implants certainly. Then maybe some some uh, what do you call them? The butt implants just to get a little firmer, hiney. Can do anything about your calves? The calf implant. That was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 How about, so it starts there. How about thickening the neck, a la Trump and uh, Schiff? Good thick neck. Yeah, and there's a penile procedure as well, but I prefer not to talk about (laughs) it. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Max Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. Armstrong and Getty.